lift your name on high. Can we put our hands together? Lord, I love to sing your praises. Yes, I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. Lord, I lift your name. Lord, I lift your name on high. I'm sure we can lift the volume a little bit more. But I love to sing your praises. I love to see your praise. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. Steps to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Okay, as the band still keeps playing, right? Everybody, yeah. do this with me. Come on. Yeah. There is joy when we clap our hands in the presence of God and we praise Him. We say, Lord, you deserve this clap. You deserve this praise. You deserve us to be celebrating today. Lord, I lift your name on high. Come on, a little more smile on our faces. Let's praise him. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My day. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Can we give the Lord a hand clap and say, God, we praise you. You deserve this praise today. You deserve this praise. Please be seated in your places. God wants all of us, amen? He wants all of us, not just a part of us. He wants all of us, amen? I mean, not just, not like all of us only, but all of us as an individual. He wants everything, not just a part of my life, not just, you know, the Sunday morning, not just, you know, our Bible study time, but he wants all of us. Isn't that true? How do we give our all to him and say, God, I want to give my all to you? You know, sometimes we stretch our hands to God like this. Like our hands are up, but our fists are clenched. This is how sometimes we stretch our hands to him. But to release all of it. Sometimes we're holding on to some things and saying, God, I'm lifting my hands, but we have this. But to release it and say, Lord, my all to you. My all to you. It's so important because that's what God sees. Giving our all to him. And the Bible says, obedience is better than sacrifice. And as we just sing this, this next song, we want to just say the first commandment with Mark 12, 30. It says, love the Lord with all of your heart. Can you say this with me? All of your heart, all of your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Amen. To give our everything, our all to him. Can we say, Lord, you are my all in all. Amen. You, he is our all in all. This year, I'm, I'm still counting it again, 51 weeks. And I, I want to look forward to every week being victorious, to coming to the end of the year and saying, yes, God, you have been good in our lives in 2018. Amen. Let's, as we pray and look forward to 2018, let's sing this together and say, Lord, you're my all in all. 
You're my strength when I'm weak. You're the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. That's true. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Sing Jesus, Jesus. Lamb of God, worthy is your name, Jesus. Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Taking my sin, taking my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising again, I'll bless your name. You are my all in. Oh, you are my all. When I fall down, when I fall down, you pick me up. When I am down, yes, you are my all in. Oh, can we sing Jesus, Lamb of God? Jesus, Lamb of God. Lamb of God, Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Yes, Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Yes, Lord, you deserve all praise. Can we just close our eyes for a moment and say, Lord, you deserve it all, O oh God. You deserve all our praise, our worship, and my life, O oh God. You deserve it all. You deserve the glory, O oh God. You deserve all the honor, O oh God. Can we just speak out and say, Lord, we thank you for the past one week of 2018. And Lord, you deserve the glory in my life, from my life, O oh God, from everything I say. Lord, let these songs not just be songs that we sing, O oh God, but let this be a heart's cry, a heart song that you see, O oh God. Romans 11.36 says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. I love this version. I said this in the morning. New Living Test Translation. It says, For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. Can we say the word glory? Glory. For God deserves it. Glory is for God alone. They say, God, you deserve all the glory. The Bible says, all glory to him forever. Amen. Let me sing this next song. We want to sing, God, you deserve the glory and the honor. Sometimes it's easy to get carried away by a lot of things. But now, can we just put everything aside and say, God, I want to just glorify you. 
I want to glorify you. Let these songs, Lord, bring glory to you. Let us coming together bring glory to you. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands. Can we lift our hands up? As we lift your holy name, you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you, there is no one else like you, you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. We lift our hands and worship as we lift your holy name. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Tu hai maha, adbut kam tu karta hai. Nahi tere jaisa koi. It's very simple, just follow me. Nahi tere jaisa koi. Tu hai maha, adbut kam tu karta hai. Nahi tere jaisa koi. नहीं तेरे जैसा कोई वर्षिप saying God we love you Jesus we love your name there is no other name above your name what a beautiful name you have a oh God Jesus what a beautiful name 
can we just open our mouths and start praising him and say, God, we praise you. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. Can we speak it out, church? We speak it out and say, Lord, we love you. I want to look back to the past seven days, especially, and say, God, 2018, maybe many of you entered with many dreams, entered with many plans. And I want to just begin this year and say, God, you are faithful. You are good in my life. And by thanking him, you can never say it's enough thanking the Lord. We can never say I've thanked him enough. We're going to continue to thank him right now. We're going to say thank you, Lord. follows me all the days of my life song we sang last time when I'd come here and it's just two lines it says Hosanna in the highest Hosanna in the highest let our king be lifted up let our king be lifted up it's just two lines but it's such a powerful anthem as we sing as a church and we say Hosanna 
in the highest. Can we sing along with me? Hosanna in the highest. Let our King be lifted up. Hosanna. Sing out Hosanna, church. Sing it out, say, let our King be lifted, let our King be lifted, I am Hosanna, in the highest, let our Then 
sings my soul my savior god how great thou so great and so good he loves us and he knows us by our names he knows each one of us he knows every single one of us in this place and he's so mindful of us so mindful of us he cares for every single one of us can we ask him lord this year will you hold me closer than ever before I don't want to go away from you this year. I want to be close to you. I want to be where you are. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to, Lord, be obedient to your voice. In your presence, oh God. In your house. This verse from Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Dwell in the house of the Lord, not visit the house of the Lord, not just come sometimes to the house of the Lord, not just dedicate a separate time for the house of the Lord, but dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. As we just end this time of worship, I just want to just pray and release. God, we want to thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, that we hear, we heard from you. Thank you, God, that each one of us who are here in this house this morning, Thank you for each one, O oh God. I bless each one of us. And thank you, O oh God. We love you. We thank you for this time. We give you all the glory, O oh God, and all the honor for this morning, for the worship, for only you deserve it, O oh God. Only you deserve it, O oh God. May your name be lifted up high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Can you smile and thank your neighbor? Just look at your neighbor and say thank you. Thank you for coming. This place is even more joyful because you're here. Come on, just look at your neighbor and say, I'm even more happy because you're here. We're happy because you're here. Amen. Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for your presence here this morning.
spent time in your, w- in your presence and we have worshipped. I pray that we have, our hearts have been, and uh, minds have been recalibrated, Lord, to, to magnify you and to reduce ourselves to what we really are in your presence and in comparison to who you are. We are your people called by your name, filled with your love and with your joy and with your peace. We've been bought by the blood of Christ and we have been rendered absolutely free. Powerful and useful in the master's hands because of your grace upon our lives. This morning as we begin 2018, first Sunday of this year, Lord, would you send your grace? Would you give us your promise afresh? Would you fill this place with hope and anticipation of what you will do this year? Will you give us a clear understanding of your heart's desire and your mandate for our church? I mean this when I ask you, Lord God, because I would rather that you shut us down completely if we are not going to be useful for you. And if we're going to be useful for you, then we want to do exactly what you're doing, be involved where you are, and do what you're blessing. We want everyone who's coming to our community, to our fellowship, to experience the love of God, the freedom that is in Christ Jesus, the healing that is available in that name. We want everyone here to grow in likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ and grow in muchness of the Savior in their life. That they would be filled more and more with the Lord Jesus. They would have more of Christ rather than just be more like Christ. We pray, Father God, that the family altar would be reestablished in every home. And we pray that spiritual leadership of the Father would be restored to its rightful place. We pray, O God, that every family would know your covenant love, would know your provision, would know the centrality of your lordship in their home. Even if the spouse is an unbeliever, even if the children are prodigal, there would be such a joy and a peace and a grace in every home that there would be a desire and over time a reconciliation. Father, we want to see some amazing things happen in 2018, not because we want to feel good about ourselves, but because we want to see signs that you are at work in our lives. We want to see progress in our life. We want to see changes in our life. We want disorders to be reordered. We want our private world to be reordered. We want uh, uh, mental disorders and emotional disorders and psychological disorders to be healed. We want this climate that you set up every Sunday morning as the Spirit of God descends upon this place and we call on you with our worship. We want people to be able to sit knowing that they are in the presence of God and right here they they have a shot, they have a chance at getting their life right. We want this place to be a humbling place where pride is dissolved in the presence of the love and power of God. We want this place to be a place where marriages are made whole, marriages are strengthened, marriages are enriched. We want physical healing. We want the power to be able to say to cancer, leave. 
We want the power to be able to say to any sickness, you have no place here. We don't want gifts, we want you. We don't want blessings, we want you. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is blessing, there is healing, there is emancipation, there is freedom, there is bondage breaking. You are the chain breaker. And I pray that woman after woman, man after man, child after child, <coughs> as they come into the presence of God, as they come into our community, as they come into our learning, as they come into our discipline, Father God, change lives in 2018. Allow the stage to be a place where life after life, Sunday after Sunday, we hear stories of how God is changing. Set people free from cancer, set people free from sin, and set people free from shyness. We seem to get away with the third one, Lord God. We call it introversion, we call it shyness, we call it uh, all sorts of things as a big huge cover-up for not wanting to care to talk to the person next to us. Not wanting to be interested in what their story is and what they might be going through. But if we were a church where every single person looked to the person on their left and their right and they were interested, they had the godly desire to know, not so much that they are the answer to their problems, but they have a, a desire to let them know that they are cared for, to take an interest in each other's lives. Teach us, teach us, Lord, show us what it means to hear the voice of God through each other. To feel the care of God through each other. To feel the love of Christ through each other. Let this be a place where a person from any religious background or any other ideological or philosophical background can come here and they, though they may disagree with us mentally, their hearts would be warmed with the presence and love of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our prayer for 2018, Father God. And it is the Spirit of God that unites our hearts and allows us all to want the same thing and voice the same desire, making our prayer stand and binding in heaven. So when we all agree and we all ask in Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Our prayer to God and goal for 2018 is personal Come on. Come on, where were you on, on New Year's Eve? Our personal goal, our prayer to God is personal spiritual renewal. See, when you roll over into a new year, you have all these resolutions that you want to make because you want to be a new you. You want to be a new person. You want to be better. Why? Because last year sucked. There was a lot of stuff that went, that went down last year and it was difficult and there was suffering and there was people. People are just a pain. Not you, other people. And what you want to do is essentially get, become a better you thinking that that will make your, former, your next, uh, not next life, your next year better. It will make you a better person. You wanna, that's good. That's what everybody does. But in spiritual life, what you do is you know that 2018 is going to be the same as 2017. It's going to have suffering and it's going to have joy. Because these are two, two parallel tracks of life. Suffering and joy go together. If you think you only deserve joy and no suffering, 
you belong to another planet. If you think that you only deserve suffering, then you need to listen to some good news. But the two always go together. That's why the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's emotionally very draining. Because I turn to one friend and I'm mourning, boo-hoo, you know, whatever they've gone through, and you're saying, and then you turn to friend, oh, I just won the thing, great, and you're, and then they are like, why? How can you, you know, not rejoice with me when, when you know, I've gone through this thing or I've accomplished this thing or I won this thing? And that person is saying, how can you be laughing and joking with that friend when, when I'm going through this? It's it's emotionally draining. I mean, we just glide over verses like that, like as if, oh, lovely, great, you know, principles from Scripture. Mourn with those who mourn. Rejoice with those who rejoice. We talked about this over the weekend, last weekend. We are a people who recognize that both go together. So for the morning, we need God's strength. For the morning, for the difficult times, we need God's strength. And for the good times, we need a praise on our lips. So 2018 is going to be the same as 2017 because you're still living on the same planet. So you better yourself for the year. I got an even better plan for you. If you get fitter, everything that is thrown at you becomes easier to handle. So I think there's pollution in Delhi, I want to get more fitter. You know, there's a lot of hard work I have ahead, I want to get more physically fitter. I want to get emotionally fitter. When it comes to being spiritually fitter, you want to get fit because no matter what's going to get thrown at you, you'll be able to handle it. How do you get spiritually fit? You get spiritually fit by getting spiritually healthy. How do you get spiritually healthy? You get obedient. If you're obedient, you're healthy. If you're healthy, you're fit. The difference between this and everybody else, us and everybody else, is this. We don't want a better you. Jesus doesn't want a better you. He wants more Jesus in you. He wants more Christ in you. So the goal of the Christian life is dying. That Christ may be seen in us. The goal of fitness is more Jesus, less me. And the more Christ takes over my life and fills my life and fills my heart and fills my calendar, fills my priorities, fills my time, the more and more that becomes my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The plans of the Lord are my strength. The presence of the Lord is my strength. More and more he takes over. Not more like Christ because you can mimic Jesus. Not more like Christ but more of Christ. Does that make sense? More of Christ. So I have more of Jesus than I had in 2017. That's what's going to make you more healthy. That's what's going to make you more fit. So we are saying, our prayer to God and our goal for 2018 is a personal spiritual renewal. You personally, spiritually renewed. Every single member personally, spiritually renewed. Every person who walks through that door, no matter what their philosophy is, what their ideology is, what their religion is, no matter how far they've run from God, that they find new life here in this place. How do we do that? I'll tell you. How do we make that climate happen? I'll tell you. How do we become a church that changes lives? I'll tell you, that's what God wants. We're going to do that. But first we've got to come to the conclusion that that is our goal for 2018. Personal spiritual renewal. Nobody would disagree with me because if you're down in the dumps, you need personal spiritual renewal. If you're having a spiritual high, even that guy is thinking, I want to go to the next level. So it's, it's an all-around win-win. Why personal spiritual renewal? Because we have given our attention to crises, to ambitions, to surviving relationships, to sickness and to bereavement. We have been drained, we have been strained this past year. And all of that has taken its toll on us. Yes? No? Hallelujah. 
The second reason you want to do it is because you want to grow more and operate out of your primary identity rather than your secondary identity. Your primary identity is who you are in Jesus. Your secondary identity is what you do for a living. So more and more, instead of acting out of how much money you have and how much position you have and how much affluence you have, you act more out of who you are and what God's calling is upon your life. The church is going to get healthy as every individual becomes healthy. Do you get the logic? So I'm interested and I'm committed in order to build a healthy church and to build a healthy individual. This year, we want to talk about healthy discipleship or discipleship for health, personal health, getting fitter, each and every one of us. If you're a man, want a healthy, godly man. If you're a woman, healthy, godly. If you're a husband, healthy, godly husband. Healthy, godly wife. Healthy, godly child. Healthy, godly family. So I want to go over the basics of obedience today and then talk about a few other details as well. A few other details. Some may not be too interesting or even irrelevant to you. I want to throw that in anyway. It's just a vision message for this day and my heart to you. Two primary passages that we get our purposes from. Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 28. Don't forget these two numbers. 22 and 28. 22 is called the great commandment. And 28 has the great commission. Two massive passages that are given to the church, the believers. 22 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And 28 says, and he says, love your neighbor as yourself, verse 39. Matthew 28 says, go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing them into the fellowship. Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded teaching them to obey all that i have commanded love the lord your god with all your heart that's worship say worship <laughs> love the lord your god with all your heart that's worship when you love the lord with all your not with all your volume not with all your singing not with all your talent but with all your heart because you can sing with a divided heart you can serve with a divided heart you can give with a divided heart and God is like, I'm not fooled. Love the Lord your God. So we grow stronger with worship. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's ministry. That's ministry. The second purpose of our life is ministry. The second command on our life is ministry. We grow broader through ministry. Are we a church that just comes here, hides in a basement and serves one another's needs? We barely serve one another's needs. But are we, is that what we're going to No, we're going to get together. We're going to serve other people. Every member in ministry, every member on mission every member in ministry every member on mission every member in ministry every me you're not getting this every member in ministry every member on mission you're not going to have people in ministry you're not going to have people on mission if they are not spiritually mature if they start missing church two three four five times a week uh, a month if any and everything discourages them, any and everything puts them off, any and everything, they don't feel good, they don't really like it, they don't, you know, too tired, too this, this is paining, that is paining. If you go on like that, then we need personal spiritual renewal. So to get to the ministry and the mission, we need to make sure that we are really strong. Love the Lord your God with all your heart is where it starts. Love the Lord your God with all, not pastor's heart. Love the Lord your God with all. So what does God want? Your heart. What is God's will for your life? Your heart. 
What did Jesus die for? Your heart. Are you beginning to understand how important and valuable your heart is? You give your heart to God, God will, give the, God will take care of everything else. But even that we give to God in pieces. She broke my heart. Or we give it divided. Lord, I love you, but also... That's why God kept saying, no idols before me, no idols before me, no idols before me. A believer looks at that and sees it as an Old Testament sort of a lingo, you know? Oh, no idols. No, I don't know. I don't Yes, you do. You know, when you look in the mirror every morning, there's an idol that you love very much. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then love your neighbor as it's it's very easy love the Lord your God with all your heart all your mind full or get 100% and then love your neighbor as your full 100% if you look carefully he tricked us I don't mean that love the Lord your God love your neighbor as yourself that's ministry ministry is serving people ministry is serving people ministry is having a desire to be the answer to someone else's need say that again ministry is the desire to be the answer to somebody else's need. Matthew chapter 28 gives us the great commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We often overdo that. Over, overlook that, not overdo that. We overlook that. All authority has been... Because if you're going to tell me to do something, I want to know who are you? Who are you? Who are you to tell me what to do? But all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. Go. And as you go, do three things. Preach the gospel. That means declare that grace has been announced from heaven. What's the gospel? Grace has been announced from heaven. Declare that there is no condemnation. That's the good news. Jesus died. That's not good news. The gospel is not that Jesus died. I know Jesus died. Listen to me carefully. Don't hear what I'm not saying. The gospel is that because Jesus died, there is no condemnation. He died so thoroughly and he went so into grave so thoroughly. I'm ruining English to get the point across. He went into the cross, went to the cross and went, died so thoroughly, so under the grave, like three days, like so that every last sin could be paid for and covered. And this priest went in and came back out again from the grave. This priest went into the highest, holiest of holies and sat down once and forever, once and for all. So all, every last, so the gospel is that there is no condemnation. So when you come to the church and the church is supposed to give you the gospel and the church is condemning, the church hasn't felt the gospel. How do we condemn each other? Oh, you haven't come to church. It's been a while. I haven't seen you for a long time. That's a condemnation statement right there. I missed you. That's not condemnation. I missed you a long time because you didn't come. That's that's a fine line. That's a fine line. So this is the gospel. Preach the gospel. And in our church, we preach a covenant gospel. 
The Lord has loved you long before you decided to love him back. Come to and love God because he has loved you with an everlasting love. Number two, so that's the mission, that's the gospel, that's evangelism. Baptize into the fellowship. Bring them into a theology, correct? No. Bring them into an institution, correct? No. Bring them into a religion, no. Bring them into a family. Bring them into a family. God says, go bring my people back who are lost into a family. You know the saddest person in heaven for eternity? While you and I go to heaven and we're going to be rejoicing for eternity, there'll be one sad person in eternity. It's going to be God. If you think that God's going to be happy with the number of people that didn't want to be in heaven with him, you haven't got the heart of God yet. God's going to live for eternity with the pain in his heart that many of his children didn't want to be with him. Yes, he has you. You know how we children are. But I am here. Yes, but you don't make up for everybody else. For God so loved the world. We need to get this. We need to get there. And then, then when that door opens and people walk in, we'll be willing to love anyone because every single last one into the kingdom is God's happiness. And lastly, discipleship. Teaching them to obey. Teaching them, teaching them to obey what? The purposes. To live for the purposes of God. Live for what God has called you to live for. What has God called you to live for? What should you do to get fitter this year? What should you do to grow in your commitment? Let's talk about that. Three things. I want you to grow in your commitment to each purpose. The five purposes are, number one, worship. To love the Lord your God with all your heart. You love the Lord your God this year more. But how? Small group. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. That's serving your neighbor. How are you going to do that? Small group. You know where I'm going with this? Baptizing them into the fellowship. Small group. Teaching them to obey. Where do you hold them accountable? Where do you teach them the scriptures? The oracles of God, the will of God. Where do you open the Bible and say, oh, is that what God is saying to us? Small group. What is small group? Small group is a group of people where you can talk to everybody at the same time. It's a group of, some, for some people, a small, for me, a small group is about 150, 200. You know, when everybody keeps quiet and I talk, I love that. That's small group. When, when you actually put me in front of one or two people, I get very nervous. Because they talk back. <laughs> but a small group is anywhere from three or four or five people. It's not the church, it's a small group. And in a small group, we understand what communal support means, what community support means. Everybody has figured that out. Everybody has figured out that you can't study alone, you need a group. You can't heal alone, you need a group. The world has figured that out. We already had it long before. God is in a small group. Jesus came down, the first thing he did was start a small group. God created man and Adam and Eve and came down heaven and then he started small group. Okay? And Jesus said, I am leaving you guys, I am coming back to you all. Hang together, stay together as a 
When we say small group, it could be in a home, it could be in barista, it could be in cafe coffee day, it could be in a hostel room, it could be in, in the waiting room or the, or the staff room, or the doctor's room of a, of a hospital. It could be anywhere where three or four people are getting together and they're holding hands and praying for each other, each other's needs, praying for the world, praying for people. Wherever people are gathered with this spiritual commitment, these five, to look after each other for these five, you get together and make sure that everyone is growing in their commitment to all the purposes. That's what small group does. That's what small group does. Is it going to expose you? Yes, it is going to expose you. But if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, you have fellowship with one another. And he will forgive you all your sin. Now that last statement doesn't gel with the first statement because if you say if you're walking in the light, your understanding is that means you're not doing anything wrong. No, you're still sinning. We sin every day, fairly consistently. But if you walk in the light, you're sinning in the light. And then the blood of Jesus covers us from all. But if you walk in the dark, you sin in the dark and nobody knows what's going on. And by the time somebody gets to know your thing, you are exposed, you are shamed, you are dishonored, and then you blame God for it. So God is talking about transparency. He's not talking about condemnation. He's not talking about exposing. God doesn't like to expose anybody. He doesn't like to bring anybody out in humiliation. Grow people in commitment in, the, in, this, in, in purpose. Number two, educate on purpose. Educate on purpose. Some people don't understand this, so I'm going to explain it to you at the beginning of 2018. You see this? We've got this on every seat this morning. Every chair has got a copy of this. This is our one communication card. Absolutely everything is on this card. We will update it every now and then, but absolutely everything is on this card. And down at the bottom, we call it purpose training because we want to train you, we want to educate you on purpose. And every course, I've changed the word from class to course, class is Christian Life and Service Seminars. Nobody knew that, so I changed it to course because Indians love courses. We like to do courses. We like to get certificates. We like to be qualified. God knows for what. But we like to be qualified. In heaven, all the Indians will be overqualified. <laughs> so, but if you are that qualified and educated, I'd like to bring your attention to the fact that there's course one. And then there's course two. And course two comes after course one. So if you just take course three, that doesn't make any sense. Are you with me? So we start with course one, that is beginning in Christ. What is it? Belonging to Christ. We call it membership. What does it mean to be part of Covenant Life Fellowship? What does it mean to be part of our church? What are the expectations that we can have of you, you can have of us? What does it mean to be in our fellowship? What is our vision? Where are we going? Who keeps the money? All that offering gets collected on Sunday morning. Where does pastor keep all that money? We want to know. Okay? And the second one is? Behaving like Christ. So once you belong to the church, we begin begin to help you to behave like Christ. So we talk, that's maturity. That's maturity. And the third one is serving like Christ. Serving is, is the shape conference or the shape seminar where we help you discover your shape. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experience. Put your shape together. You understand how God has shaped you for ministry. That he's given you a calling. He's given you a ministry. Every single person, every member on ministry. So we do that in the class. Most of that time in that course, you actually are doing a self-assessment and then you sit with a coach 
a shape coach who helps you see this is probably the area possible way you could serve God. The next one is sharing. How to live on mission for Christ. How to be about the gospel. How to share your story. How to talk to people about Jesus. Not about thumping the Bible on people saying, we are right, you are wrong, go to hell. <laughs> Not that you say that, but you know, it does come across that way. <coughs> we teach you how to talk, teach you how to share. Because once you've been trained to do something, then you really want to do it. Most people don't do it not because they don't want to, it's because they don't have any training. We train it. And the last one is living on mission for Christ. Totally, total abandonment, total consecration or magnification. So you've got membership, maturity, ministry, mission and magnification. Magnificent. So we grow stronger through worship, we grow broader through ministry, we grow larger through evangelism, we grow deeper through discipleship, and we grow warmer through fellowship. The last thing is we structure on purpose. We don't have a children's ministry and a, this ministry and that, that ministry. We have an education ministry, discipleship ministry. We have a missions ministry. We call that the peace plan or the peace corps. We, we have a, 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 an evangelism. We, that's missions. Then we, got, we have a fellowship. That's home groups and small groups. And are you getting with me? So we don't have departments and centralized everything and the church, pastor's in control and everybody has committees and everybody gets permission and all the way, all that bureaucracy. Uh, 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 uh. You find your purpose and run with it. You find your shape and run with it. And if you need money for your ministry, put your hands in your pocket <laughs> and you'll find it there. Sorry, <laughs> you'll find it there. And God will keep putting money in your pocket for your ministry. Trust me on this one. Trust me on this one. So the church will not run on money. The church will run on your hand in your pocket, your heart in God's hands. And he will do a mighty work in our church. So number one, grow commitment based on purpose. Grow commitment to each purpose. Number two, that means every single person is committed to all five purposes equally. Number two is educate on purpose, so we want to do that. The next person who walks in through this door, we want to take them step by step by step. Within four months, complete all five courses. Within four months, complete all five courses so that they are, go right through to the end and they've understood who I am, where I am in Christ, what it means to be, uh, to be like Christ, what it means to serve Christ, and what it means to be on mission for Christ. By the fourth month, we want, to, want you to go out on a peace trip, a P-E-A-C-E -E trip. Uh, we'll teach that later. Okay? So no spectators, no spectators. Now I know, I've been in ministry for 25, 26 years. I know that no matter what I say and how many jokes I crack and how persuasive I am, there are still some people who will be like, you do what you have to do, I'll do what I have to do. If I can come, I'll come. If I can get up, I'll get up. And I know that there'll be a percentage, of, but it's 10%. 15, 20%? Okay. But still 80%, if we are on fire, sooner or later everybody else will catch on, hopefully before Jesus comes. Okay. So that's what we want. We want smaller family churches where we get to know each other. We want 100, 120 people in everything. So we don't want to grow so big where Pastor, oh, he's a mega church and he's teaching to thousands of people. What we want is this camera. What we want is this live telecast, and we want people to come online. Robertson's in uh, Dwarka have opened their home. Jason's mom and dad have opened their home to a house church in their home. 
Okay, some people have, are, are watching us online right now because they're away from church, uh, away from Delhi. They're traveling. Some people are not well. In Bangalore, we've got a group of people that are going to get together and have already been doing that and are watching us online right now. So we're going to standardize all the services at 11 o'clock and I will begin by coming online so you don't have to wait for all the choruses to finish. And when I'm done, then we'll respond to God's word with the worship. Why? Because in India, we always let the more important person speak first. So God will, not just not me, I mean God will speak first and we will respond to God in worship. Some say worship prepares our heart to listen to God's word. If you're not ready to listen to God's word, I don't think worship is going to do anything for you. Quite honestly, let's be honest. Okay, so that's what we do. And that means all the other venues can just flip, which means we can start groups like this. My mother-in-law is saying, I don't, I'm not able to go to church. I have to listen, look after my nine-year-old grandson. The other boys go to work. I have to stay home. I can't even get to a church. on the, But I can come online, bring a few, two, three people together with you. Some of you get off work at four in the morning. You can, you can uh, watch online. There's, so there's online with us, live, and then there's online right through. The thing. So we're taking this right to the, the next level. I want your partnership with me. I want you to understand where I'm going because this is not my mission. I heard this from God and I'm acting in obedience. And if you're not with me, I'm all alone. What do you need to be with me? Not in my ideas, but in the God's purposes, five purposes. That means you are healthy personally. And when you come to church, look around, look around, have a ministry, serve, care. If I have to cajole you to come to church, I'm going to say that again. If I have to cajole you to come to church, I want you to know I'm not going to do it. I am not going to do it because if the cross didn't get through to you, nothing I say will. Jesus died on the cross for you. Are you with me? I don't, I can, your personal commitment to Christ is seen in your personal commitment to the church. If you're not committed to the church, you're not committed to, you're not fooling anybody. And everybody in this church struggles with attendance. Everyone in this church struggles with attendance. Except me. Because I'm the only one, if I don't show up, people are like, Kagev. But the problem with you is, you don't expect anybody to ask where you were, why didn't you come? And that makes us an unloving church. That means somebody didn't notice you were missing. That your small group didn't notice. So the best thing is not some stranger thing. Where were you? What happened? I didn't see you a long time. Instead of having some stranger, your small group saying, come, 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 don't. Get up, get up, get up. Should I call you? Get up. I'll, I'll pick you up. We want a loving family atmosphere. Loving family atmosphere. Are you with me? Yeah, hard and soft, hard and soft both, because I'm your shepherd, I'm your pastor, and I have the authority to correct you, but, but I want to meet you halfway. I need your partnership. I need your partnership. I want to tell you something about finances. Covenant life is, oh, we still got a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> chill, chill, there's lunch officer. Covenant life is registered as a trust, not as a society. My previous church was registered as a society. I saw that do a lot of harm structurally to the scope of the gospel. So as a trust, we can grow very fast because the spiritual agenda of the community is not incumbent or the, the trust's requirements are not incumbent on the spiritual agenda of the community. It gives us a lot more freedom. We have six trustees and the trustees take care of the trust matters very easily 
just by making sure that we are meeting the rules and the regulations of the government. All the money that goes in into the offering bag goes into the bank and is accounted for is all the expenses that are made are accounted for and uh, tallied in tally and it is we have quarterly accounts uh, auditing we have half yearly account uh, auditing and we have annual auditing we have an auditor as well a ca uh, and he takes care of that and the trustees who are not pastors take care of this i want you to know this this is how it's set up okay and if you want, because we're not a society, but we're a trust, because of transparency and accountability, if you want, we can give you a, uh, the, the account statement, the bank statement, account statement, and how the church is being spent, how much money is coming, and how much money is going out. There is total transparency, but we're not going to distribute copies of that to everybody. If you want it, we'll, we can show it to you, and I'd like to really see who wants it. <laughs> That's a very interesting... Uh, observation always. All right. This, the other thing I want to tell you is, and you, you should know this, you know that I do, not, I do not take a salary. I do not take a salary. It is the greatest joy God gave to me in 2015 to start a church and have a ministry and not take a salary. God has provided for me through work that I do. I have, I have a job, a side job that pays okay, and I have to do hardly anything. I hope they're not watching, but, uh, <laughs> but God has been very gracious in providing for us. So I am the South Asia director of Purpose Driven slash Peace Plan, and seven nations are under my care. All the pastors who are purpose driven in their strategy and health, I'm coaching them and I'm training them and stuff like that. But the training is not a, I don't go around training everybody. Pastor Rick Warren has his videos, we have systems, we have online stuff and networking, which I would have done anyway, I was doing anyway on my own, in my own this thing. So they said, hey, why don't you do this officially and be our man on the ground? I said, sure, and how much will you pay me? And then that allowed for this. Apart from that, I have others in India, in Delhi, and around the world who say, Pastor Jeremy, we love what you do. We want to support you out of our tithe or with our tithe. There are people who do that. So to be open about my finances, I have every rupee goes into the bank, Every, every repair of my personal finances is audited, and I have the same auditor as the church. The same auditor takes care of my finances, and he has uh, been given freedom to give the trustees information about my personal finances so that they know what is coming into my bank account. And every bunch, every, every rupee or anyone that gives to me, it goes into that account. So I want you to know that as well. So I don't take any money from Covenant Life, no matter what comes in whether it's low or high, I don't take anything, I don't get anything. In fact, I tithe, in fact, it's wrong to say tithe, I give 20%. I ask you to give 10%, I give 20%. I want you to know that. So that's, and I know that there are others who also give much more than tithe. So that's my financial situation and I want you all to know about that. So if you want information, uh, Vinay Singh in uh, the in the Noida congregation, and then you've got Samson who does the tally, and then you've got Mr. Joycing who is the chairman of the trustees. These are the men who take care of the finances. I don't touch any money. Akash doesn't touch any money. Pastor Shanu doesn't touch any money. This is how covenant life functions. Okay? This also gives me freedom to ask you, did you pay your tithe? This also gives me freedom to tell you and teach you about money. 
pastors who are dependent on their money, on the thing, they feel very odd and defeated and are not able to tell you the truth about that. Okay, I think we've covered quite a bit and I'm re ready to let you go, but not quite. I want to tell you about Noida. So we're shutting Noida down at 9 o'clock, moving it to 11 o'clock. Bangalore's going to come from 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock. We are going to go from 11.30 to... 11 o'clock. This allows us a little more flexibility. We don't have to be one hour. We could go a little bit more and like maybe an hour and 15 minutes, have a little more worship. It isn't, it's not as strained. And then of course we want to have lunch every Sunday and lunch is, is God's will. When we get together, we eat food. When we have small group, we eat food. When you have visit, you know, you invite one another, you eat food. Jesus made all his promises over the table. I kid you not. Go back to the scriptures in it. Every promise he ever made, he made over the table. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. And he ate and he drank with sinners. By that they meant professionals. <laughs> not with the scribes and the Pharisees. And he was always, he was called a glutton. He was always it. He understood something about food. And why would I bring up the food thing? <laughs> Yeah, okay. And it's, it's God's will because like at the cross, all he said was it is finished. <laughs> and even at the cross, he turned to that guy and says, today you will be with me in paradise. So in the beginning of time, you had the Garden of Eden and there was the? You think it's apple. It's not actually apple, but it's kinu. But anyway, you say. <laughs> And then, then later on, you had all these feasts that were implemented in the Old Testament. Have this feast, that feast. Then you have uh, the, the, last, the, the Passover, the supper. You have all of those things, right? And at the end, at the end, we'll have the marriage of the lamb. So you began at a table and you're going to end at a table. God takes food very, very seriously. He's understood something about food breaking down walls. Food, food breaks down walls. It breaks down cultures. And there's a saying in Africa, if you have eaten with me, then you are my friend. If you have eaten bread at my table, then you are my friend. And you know what meals does? This is my favorite part. After you have, after you have invited another family to your house for a, food, for a meal, some random family, you call them and say, come to our house, give them directions, GPS, whatnot, and they come to your home and they have a meal, you can never ignore them in church after that. That's my favorite part. You can never say, I don't recognize you. I don't know who you are. Your children are. I don't. After you've eaten with them, you. Think. And if you're a bad cook, they'll remember you even better. <laughs> to the next generation, I say, I also want to teach you how to cook, by the way. You guys can't even fry an egg to save your lives. <laughs> Two more minutes. In obedience to God, as we develop individual commitment, what are we going to do? We want to enrich marriages. How? Through small groups. Here, uh, Peter and Aditi are going to pull a few couples together, and they're going to go through the love and respect. So couples will get together for, what is it, four or five weeks? Four or five weeks, they're going to enrich their thing. So if you are a couple, like husband, wife, not just dual personality, if, you, if you're... <laughs> If you're a couple and you want to kind of give, give some attention to your marriage, uh, get in touch with Peter. He's at the back, Peter and other things. And they're in their home, watch a video, and you get group support. You can do it. People with emotional disorders, eating disorders, people with uh, psychological disorders, mental disorders, all need healing. They don't need fun and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, condemnation. They need healing. This is a place for healing.
There's a place for healing. Everything isn't with medicine. Everything isn't with psychology or, or with counseling. Small group. When you pray together, Satan's power over that person is broken. Listen carefully. When you pray together, Satan's power over that person is broken. Then when you pray after that prayer, then God heals. And then the recovery process is done by the people who prayed for Satan's bondage to be broken and for healing to occur. Then we don't have a healing ministry, we have a small group ministry. If you have a healing ministry, then the healer, the faith healer, the pastor, oh, what a wonderful ministry, what a powerful ministry, what a... Chuck it. Let's get small groups turning around to each other, holding each other's hands and praying Satan out of each other's lives. Your kid is not able to study. Your kid is not able to concentrate. There could be a problem. There could be a mental problem. There could be an emotional problem. Don't just butcher the kid saying, useless, you're useless, you can't, useless. You're the one with another problem. <laughs> small group takes care of this. Why do we say small group? Because of trusted small support system. Marriage enrichment through counseling. Addiction and disorders. That's what we want to do. Every person coming through this door. We want to start these ministries. We want to develop these ministries and serve people. Seeker and new. When you come in new in faith or you're seeking Jesus, we want to take you through systematically and develop your faith. Teen issues, people going through teen life. We don't want just, oh, teenage, oh, what fun, let's have pizza, let's go. No, that's not our youth ministry. Our youth ministry is saying, what's wrong with you? Why are you running after her? Why are you thinking like this? Why are your jeans torn? Youth, youth ministry is about really getting into the lives of the teens and helping them develop a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So in our youth ministry, Joanna and Nat and a few others, we need more men on, in our youth ministry because we need some male models, male, not models, but <laughs> we're already having problems with our teenage girls. But anyway, so <clears throat> we, in that we're studying foundations. We're studying living doctrines, fundamentals of the faith. That's what they're studying over there. They're not talking about issues. And whenever we think of youth, you know, let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about, you know, I don't know. All that nonsense. And finally, the early, uh, the, the little kids. The little kids. We have a systematic, proper education system for our children. And in 2018, my wife is heading it up along with the team. We are going to develop that curriculum even further for the Indian context. But even there, what we teach is membership, maturity, ministry, in children's language, 101, 201, what it's like to belong to Jesus, what it's like to serve Christ. And right there in Sunday school, we don't teach stories, we teach purposes. Do you get the difference? Jonah was eaten up by a big fish. If you are disobedient to mommy, <laughs> you will also be eaten up by a big fish. That, no. <laughs> You won't. Let us traumatize those poor kids. So we got it. And it's very important that we have a good children's ministry. Why? Because most people, we have screwed up. There's no hope. And they submit the children to Sunday school. They don't send the children to Sunday school. They submit them to Sunday school. Are you with me? Are you with me? So children's ministry. People call me up and say, do you have a good children's ministry? We do. We have an awesome 
good children's ministry. That doesn't mean it's exciting and colorful and all. It's systematic and it's educational. And it's going to be right through the whole week. Sunday morning will be the culmination of what they did with you during the week. And it'll be an overflow into what we're going to do. Every day it's going to enhance the, the family prayer. And I'm telling you too much. I will break it down in pieces. So care, comfort, and contact is what we want to provide to the last segment of people, which is online. So even if you leave here, you don't stop being a member of Covenant Life. Until you say, Pastor, I found a great church. I don't need you anymore. I will still hound you with love and care. Okay? Even you go to Sidechain, you can go anywhere in the world. We have online, we have all sorts of ways to, we want to connect with you. So we also have online membership. So that we can care for people who are not able to access or make it here. We don't want to grow beyond this. Now we want to start Dwarka. We want to start other places. And we want to get people in a home and then grow from there. Ten, ten congregations of a hundred plus more people all over Delhi, all over Noida, watching us online, but local. So you got the word online, community, love, care, support, and process. When I say process, membership, maturity, ministry, mission. Again, when I say process, membership, maturity, ministry, what comes after course two? Brilliant. You guys, you got it. Let's just close the service here. Please bow your heads with me in prayer. Thank you, Father God, for what you have taught us. But let it sink in and let it be met with a heart of gratitude. Let me met with a heart of obedience. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect, oh God. Let's sing it together. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You're a good, good, you're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am.